Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to a new episode of Spring Fever, the garages show where we talk about spring and other alternative football leagues. CFL, we got it. XFL, we got it. As you can see, USFL, we, we got, got it. it. X League, we got it. We, got we it has all. it. Yeah. ELF, so, Elf, we the have elf? it. Yeah, we has it. We Just like it. many, many a women we've talked about on the gymnasium, these leagues can get it. They can get it. So on today's episode, we're going to talk some uh, USFL versus USFL news, some uh, some little XFL truth, some XFL truth. I'm going to be spitting that at you, and uh, we're going to be breaking down uh, the, the Stallions roster. I think what we're going to do is we're going to try to break down these USFL rosters, roster by roster, team by team, until uh, until the league starts April 16th. So this is my my um, you know area of expertise, you know horses, stallions. So basically, what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at each of these players, and we're gonna tell you uh, if their semen is worth anything. I think that's a good way to do it. I think that's a good yeah. way to evaluate players. I don't think anyone else is doing that. We could just like you could kind of do an ocular pat down on a on a player and be like, he has good seed. Oh yeah, he has strong yeah. seed. I think Absolutely. that's a, I, I think that's a good way to do it. If he tackles head first, you worry that is that they don't swim right. Let's stop talking about this. <laughs> we, I also want to start out the podcast by saying um, I want I want to kind of just make this an opening thing that we do. As mm-hmm. of recording this right now, live, mm-hmm. forty five mm-hmm. days to go till the till the USFL kicks off. Three hundred and fifty three days to go until the XFL kicks off. Just so everyone's aware. To uh, celebrate this occasion, I will sing the chorus to Afro Man's. Colt 45, Colt 45 and two zigzags, baby, that's all we need. That's actually not going to do the whole thing. That is all we need. That is all we need. That is all we need. Before we dive in. Another number song reference for each time that we do this. I'm not going to hold you to that, just so you know. I won't won't hold you to that, because I understand how hard that can be. You can be my accountability buddy. Before we uh, before we get into breaking down the Stallions roster, there is a little bit of news going on. So it looks as if there's some there's some scuff up with the USFL quote unquote. They call themselves the Real USFL LLC has filed a lawsuit against the new USFL, which yeah. came as a surprise to me because I was pretty sure Brian Woods, who owned the Spring League and managed the Spring League, he owned. I thought I'm pretty dang sure he owned the rights to the USFL. That's how they were able to use the general's name during the entire Spring League. He got he got like demoted. Like he he's now like a like a marketing like vice pres now. Like he's not like the USFL president. I think this is him taking his ball and going home. Right? I don't think he's a part of this though. I didn't. Hmm. I thought like that was part of the deal with them going to Fox. Like because he owned this. Like the Spring League was his. So I thought part of that was like him selling part of that to Fox and him getting a huge paycheck out of that because right. otherwise I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Cause he like, he just owned, he flat out was the owner of the spring league. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you're doing. Like you own the rights to the USFL. That's why you're partnering with Fox. That's why you're letting Fox take control because they know what they're doing. It's crazy. All I know is I don't trust handles that have the real in front of them. Yeah, it's also uh, there's there's some people in uh, like spring football, XFL, USFL, Twitter community that love to dig into um, they love digging through copyright and things like that, because if if you for people who are new spring football leagues come and go like fucking fashion trends at some point, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of copyright stuff just out there. So some of these guys like to go digging through copyright. It looks to me, and I'm no lawyer, I have no idea. It looks like this uh, this real USFL LLC was formed about a week and a half ago. All right. The tw- Twitter <laughs> handle was the real Donald Trump. Donald Trump was involved in the previous USFL, was pretty much the death knell, owned the generals. Donald Trump is behind this. He's suing. He's a litigious motherfucker. I like that because Donald Trump, A, he likes to hold grudges, and B, this rolls perfectly, Chase, perfectly into our next segment, the XFL truth, the truth about the XFL. I told you guys on the gymnasium I had a big video this week, and it was true. I dropped the truth about the XFL. Literally the day I dropped the video, there was a news article that came out that it looked like Vince McMahon was trying to dump the XFL before COVID hit. Go ahead, get ready to go dark places inside your mind that you never really wanted to explore. Get ready to flip that rock over and see what's underneath. Uh, get ready. Jim also, figure also, it all out. I'm dropping you guys in. We're going to watch a little bit of that video, and I'm forewarning, I'm dropping you in the middle. So you, this is like full send, no breaks. You're dropping in right in the middle of this thing. So here we go. Sharing the screen right now. Just to, before we start, just tell the people how I look, Chase. I mean, this, you usually are extremely, like, well can. <laughs> That's the perfect timing right there. This is, this is, it's so intense that it caused Chase's screen to freeze. That is how intense this video and image and the truth bomb I am about to drop on everybody is going to be. Oh, you're back. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So usually I'm well kept. Yeah. You, uh, having a gun nearby. That's pretty, that's still pretty, you're very well kept, but you also always have a gun within like arm's reach. So <laughs> let's, uh, that's let's, on brand. Let, let's give it a little taste. Let's give it a little taste. Have here the tequila sailed sword, the rocks, Terramana tequila sailed sword. Holy shit. That means he has a foothold in South America, Mexico, and the United States as a party brand, as a billion dollar brand. The rock is a fucking bajillionaire. He's got his fucking veins, his roots, his fingers. In everywhere. Next, they lay dormant again, but they drop hints. Danny Garcia is on Instagram, dropping hints left and right, fucking like feet pics for us fucking fetishists here. Instagram owned by Facebook. Facebook is transformed into Meta. XFL eventually won't be satisfied with just world domination. They're gonna own the metaverse too. It's fucking. There you go. That's just a little little taste drop of what is the truth about the XFL. Um. Was that the old booger sugar or was we we did a little little math there? You know what part of the country I'm in? Yeah, I know. I know. It's okay. It's uh it's it's pure intensity based on this truth opening my eyes. Listen, you're you're clearly in like a very heavy sweat. Like the truth has braided that sweat, like it's a cleansing sweat. Um you're about to smoke that cigarette all the way down to the knuckle. Very yellow knuckles. There have been a lot of cigarettes that have passed in, through that in gateway. This, in this video alone, there are two in a row consumed. Amateur. I know. I, I, I'm new to this lifestyle. <laughs> yep. Yep. But it's yeah, very, this, this was an intense undergoing. Dude, it's I, I, you're headed the right right direction from what I can tell. I mean, the fact, the fact – the, I'll, I'll try and I'm not going to take the curtain off. The fact that the, the news about Vince McMahon trying to potentially sell the league or ditch the league pre-COVID 
or like he was thinking about doing it in 2020 without COVID. The fact that I called it. Yeah. I'm so yeah. happy. It's man. All, all, cons- all the, con- all conspiracies like are, are, you know, based in, based in truth, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying like all conspiracies, but just like the cool ones that I like. This one at the very least is a hundred percent based in truth. But now chase, let's get to the meat of this podcast. Let's get to the meat of why we are here. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is to break down this Birmingham Stallions roster. This is probably our least favorite draft. Definitely up. Like, like I want to say up there with least favorite, but it's, it's weird to say it that way. I would say probably between, if I remember correctly, I think they were bottom. I think, I don't think they were tied with anybody. I think it was just the Stallions. We were kind of, Every team had a few hits. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Every team had a few hits, and the Stallions have some hits. There's some guys here I and I believe Chase absolutely love. But I yeah. think overall they had the weakest draft. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I wasn't sure what the strategy was. It almost seemed like a, like Skip Holtz did something really shitty while he was like a college coach, and so he drafted a bunch of his old players who weren't like in the NFL as like reparations almost. He did that a lot, and then he drafted a lot of people who he played against, like he coached against. Yeah. I think it's he got, was really just going for familiarity. Big Conference USA vibe to this team. And there's nothing wrong with that. We love we love the G5, man. We're all about the G5. We're about I, the, love my, I love my CUSA. We're all about the AAC. We're all about the, CU, the CUSA. I mean, come on. Don't. Of don't. course we're about the fun, Just though. don't. If you're going to send us messages about this, just don't. But. Yeah, I, I didn't really know what the strategy was. It just seemed to be like familiarity. And I'm not sure if that's a winning strategy, familiarity. I mean, maybe. We'll see. I guess we should break it down from the top. Quarterback, first first round quarterback, Alex Mago. Alex Mago. My man. Uh, I, I heard some. From yeah, the airport. From the, flying in from the airport, Florida International. Uh, I, I, I saw a lot of chatter while we were doing the draft of uh, some people regarded him as like the the like Seahawks, like kind of gym class hero in, in preseason that he looked pretty good. Um, bounced around a little bit. He's got some, got plenty of, of, you know, NFL uh, at least practice squad experience, which I, I think we, we said it during the first round, like all of those guys have been like consistently on like a roster um, the, the entire time. And uh, you want that professionalism out of, out of your, I guess, brand technically franchise quarterback. I do. I do like seeing that from especially the quarterback, seeing guys who don't have long stretches of doing nothing, either that they've been in the CFL, Mm -hmm. NFL practice squads. They were in the XFL. They've been in the spring league or other international leagues. I like just seeing that they've kept up with being in an active league because, yeah, you could you could practice all you want. You could be in the best shape of your life. You could be up to date on film and everything. But there's something to be said about participating in a league. So, I, I mean, he did some pretty epic things while he was at the airport. Like, I'm just reading through. I'm reading through his Wikipedia page. So if some, some of you are messing with that right now, just fucking stop. Um, <laughs> threw a 75-yard touchdown pass in the season opener against US, UCF. Next week, he throws a season-high 328 yards and runs in a game-winning touchdown against Alcorn State. On September 30th, McGill led the Panthers to a 19-point comeback. Over who? The Clit. Charlotte. Damn it, everyone knows how much I love the Clit. So, I mean, he... He's got chops. He comes from small team. Um, he's obviously good enough to be kept around. I mean, this isn't this this is not. I don't think quarterback is going to be 
their 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 issue. No, and like obviously this is this guy is good enough to be on a practice squad. Otherwise, I feel like the Seahawks would have probably would have kept him around. I think this is more of a him trying to be a spotlight guy, and this this is him having his opportunity to be. He's the guy. He's the quarterback. Yeah. He's not the backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he might have to edge out uh, uh, Jamar Smith, um, who they they also drafted with their their last pick, who I believe was which what he was with the Tie Cats uh, last season, yes. uh, and also with the Patriots. Um, he he was a law tech guy. I think he might have played directly under under Skip Holt. So I mean, that's that's gonna be a little bit to overcome, but it just it just goes to show the quarterback's not gonna be their issue. I do love that pick as a backup quarterback, though, that someone mm-hmm. that Skip Holtz has a rapport with and that yeah. can kind of like maybe teach, even if he's not going to be the starter, he could teach the system. If it's going to be a Skip Holtz system, which he, he could be a future Jason Garrett to Skip Holtz's Jerry mm-hmm. Jones. You no? stop that right now. I'm just going to stop now. I'm just going to stop. I can't do it. We're moving on. We're moving on. And if you can't really tell, we're kind of just, we're not going to be tackling every player at every position just because a lot of these players don't have a ton of information out there. If, if players want to get in contact with me or Chase or the garage as a whole, shoot me a DM on Twitter at XFL Gym. Shoot me an email. We will interview just about anybody who plays football. Yeah, I'm not, absolutely. I'm not going to lie. And we will not be creepy about it. Maybe. Uh, Chase won't be creepy. I might be a little creepy. That's just a heads up. I, I want to be. I want to be upfront with that. Up next, I have a. a do you want to go by position here? Uh, sure. I I was just bringing it up because I wanted to. I was looking at the. Uh, I believe the uh, edge rusher here, and it's the. Uh, if you didn't know, there were there were two. There were some some brothers taken, and it was the Adoye brothers. Um, he's the next one I wanted to bring up. Aaron Adoye. Aaron Adoye. Uh, his brother Adewale Adoye. Um. Dude, he honestly looks like like a little bit of a monster. I love his physical build, six foot six, two sixty. It's like remember when Jason Taylor came into the league playing for the Dolphins? Like yeah. they were like, this is going to change defensive ends. Well, this is what defensive ends look like now because of that. Um, bounced around quite a bit. Seemed to stay pretty healthy. I I like this pick for them. Defensive end is not going to be their issue. No, I really don't think so. He's got the exact physical build you want. And he has something I like in these kind of guys where you have this grunt mentality because he's played in uh, the IFL. He's played in the, the indoor football league. Yeah, He played for the, the Salina Liberty. And I like seeing that in these kinds of players because I'm just going to be flat out honest. Arena football players are salt of the earth people. That is a part-time job at best. So I'm not sure if I've, I've shared this before. My, my dad was a... Uh was a uh, dentist and we used to have our own our own arena league team we were like af2 uh the arkansas twisters and um one of the, the offensive linemen that like you know basically he works and then he plays football like that's his part-time job his other part-time job well he's one of my dad's patients biggest boy tough as nails scared to death of needles scared to death of getting the the injection during the during the dental work just like sweating bullets but he's a, I remember, a pretty cool guy i mean that's a yeah these arena football players are the definition of grinding mindset. And I think that's going to help uh, anyone who's been in an arena league a lot. Yep. Absolutely. Not to mention this guy is an, like a physical specimen. Yeah. Lo- love the size. Love the, I mean, six, six got to match. has got a pretty good wingspan. Like that's, that's what, that's what modern defensive end is right now. It's like, they're looking for this build. 
I thought we both had that one. I'll go up next. I I went offensive tackle for my next decision. I was looking at Darius Harper. And uh okay. similar similar for the DN position. This guy's looking pretty dang impressive. He uh he went to the Chargers training camp a little bit. They had a little bit on him. Um he looked good. He he's a big AAC player. He played for Cincinnati. Uh, and he played for Cincinnati recently when Cincinnati's been one of the top AAC teams. And he's been a consistent starter, which you love to see out of an offensive lineman. You okay. absolutely love to see just the consistent start. And I mean, as an offensive tackle, he ran a five flat 40. That's quick. That is quick for, for a big guy. Um, I mean, I, th- I think Mago might be pretty well protected because I, I looked at someone else who I guess is probably going to be the bookend, the other tackle, big old O'Shea Dugas out of uh, out of Auburn. Like, this, these were the rounds that we, and um, admittedly, tackles uh, didn't go as heavy on it as, as I was thinking was when we were going to see, start seeing players with SEC experience and SEC size come off the board. It was much later. It seemed like the DBs and then also like on the defensive side of the ball is when it showed. But yeah, yeah big, big O'Shea, like he's, he's been around for a long time. He is a big ass dude and he's played in some big ass games. Um, here, I'm just looking at a picture of him blocking Montez sweat whenever he was at, at a uh, Mississippi state. Um, another one that's bounced around consistently been on, on, uh, uh, you know, on, on rosters, but yeah, big O'Shea. Also ice cubes. Real name is O'Shea. That's cool. Yes. That's a cool name. We were, we were talking about during the draft in the, in the backstage and whatnot, uh, mm-hmm. look out for sec and big 10 players, because I don't want to knock any of these other leagues. Cause I love every, conference in college football mm-hmm. but the sec and big 10 do produce the most nfl talent so that these guys yeah. are playing if they're starting if they're getting consistent starts significant yeah. starts in the sec they're playing against nfl players especially if they're in the sec west they're playing up against nfl players every yeah. single game and i mean you know like the big 10 like they they eat a lot of corn i, I get it and for us i mean it just means more God damn it. I hate that. I hate that so much. I, I hate, love it. I love it. I love it. How much you hate it. I love how much you hate it. Honestly, I love slipping I, it in and then seeing that the seething anger wash over your I hate, face because nobody uses it except for fucking like Vanderbilt in South Carolina. I ah, gross. And me. And Mark, me. You know, I, okay. I was about to say something very insulting. It just means more, just means more to me. Jim. I was about to say something very insulting. I was about to call you the South Carolina of podcast hosts, but that's just very mean. And I'm not, I would never say that. We would have to Sh- end this right now. Show's over. <laughs> Show's over. The garage is done. Friendship that would, over. Uh, no, that'd be that. I, I would never say it hurt that, me Chase. to say it. It hurt me. No, to say you're the it. Arkansas right. of podcast hosts. You're, you're, you're a fun team who I root for. We bought into the SEC at the exact same time as, as South Carolina, too. We were, we were yeah, almost like South Carolina's bastard brother a little bit. No, they're the bastard. They're, well, they're one of them. I the mean, they both got. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Who did you have? Bastards. Oh, wait, you did go to yours. I, I was I was going to I'm flipping from offense back over to defense. And I think we both have this guy on our list. He's an he's a linebacker. He's the linebacker on this team. It's Scooby, right? The guy's a fucking ace. Like. Look, yeah, he played at Arizona. He's bounced around a bunch of NFL teams. He's been on the Browns, the Cardinals. The he was at the Arizona Hot Shots. Which, by the way, watch my uh, watch my XFL Truth video. Uh, Arizona Hot Shots confirmed 
just just Dude, he's, lay that out there. He's like he's a so good. he's like a like a Dollar Tree uh Clay, what's his name that played for USC and um and uh Oh yeah, Clay Matthews. Yeah, he's like a Dollar Tree Clay Matthews, but I think he, that makes him cooler than Clay Matthews, quite honestly. Uh dude, he's just got the look, he's got the part, and he plays like a fucking wild man. This linebackers will not be the problem. Are we just slowly talking and, ourselves into liking this this Well, no, we're, I mean, these are like the guys. These are usually like I think everyone at least we've mentioned has was their first was their first pick of this uh position group for the most part or like one of their early picks. There's like there's players I like. I think I don't think there was any draft we outright said was bad. There were just teams that had better drafts. Right. Like right. I don't I I think the Birmingham Stallions can be competitive. I think and I think we both agree a lot of this is going to come down to coaching and I think we've both been pretty low on Skip Holtz. Yeah. What has Skip Holtz ever won? Like he lost he lost to to us in the Liberty Bowl cold ass Liberty bowl. that just turned into like a really bad field goal kicking contest. He's a, but see, this is why, this is why I question skip Holtz. You know, how you're not supposed to talk to the kicker. He decides he's going to talk to the kicker and take the edge off, you know, joke with them. Be like, hey pal, it's not the big deal. And then the guy missed like three and EC when ECU who could have beat an sec team lost that frigid day at the Liberty bowl. It's ECU used to be really good. Damn. Yeah. Also uh, similar. You're going to see this a lot with me. I absolutely love players who played in the XFL. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> who would have thunk it? All right, who, so who would have thunk XFL Jim loves every XFL player? Yeah, he was also are, awesome on the defenders. Are, are we moving on from from Scooby? I've got I've got my yes. my guy here. Go ready ahead. to talk about. I'm staying I'm staying with the offense. I am oh so flashy. I'm going Vic Bolden. Vic Bolden Jr. Man, Oregon State player uh, has NFL snaps. Returns kicks. You're gonna need versatility yep. uh, because of the short rosters. Um, I mean, he's a he's a little bit older as far as as some of these players go, but you you need that. And I mean, he, he, he's not slow. Even if he's lost a step, it's still many steps faster than a lot of people. So, yeah, man, he he was around two years with, with uh, San Francisco. Uh, returned kicks, returned punts. Uh, didn't, doesn't look like he ever housed one, but I mean, he's a name I remember like as being just fast as fuck. So yeah, Vic Bolton, like, uh, I like that pick. That's a, that's a good pick. That's the first, like outside of his comfort zone pick that I saw. I like that one a decent amount. The other one I liked, uh, I'm gonna stick with offense was, uh, I, I'm gonna see if I can fucking, if I can pronounce this, uh, Manessa Bailey. I think it's Manessa. Yeah. Man- Man- yeah. Manessa or Manessa. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's a little bit on the shorter side. I think he's only 5'11", but he mm-hmm. is fast as hell. Is he, he good uh, at TCU? Was that right? I, where did he come out of? Uh, Morgan State. Okay. Came out of Morgan State. And uh, he clocked a, he cl- he's clocked under a 4'4'40". So. That's, that's pretty quick. That is pretty quick yeah i mean and he has something i love in a wide receiver that um when he first got to college he was drafted uh, sorry he was recruited as a linebacker so he's physical it's the physicality it's it's what wide receivers are turning into like it's the aj browns who can like just put you on the fucking ground or like the julio jones that you're just you don't want to guard them all game dk metcalf same thing six one 195 stout Played him average, State. Uh, he averaged 18 yards per catch. 
That's crazy. So if they it, if they want to run the ball, that he's got an over the top threat. This could be no, yeah. Get no some good jet sweep kicks. action in with him. He's another versatile player. I like this pick a lot. If I don't see a uh, either reverse or fake reverse on the opening kickoff return from the Stallions, I will burn that stadium to the ground. Do you remember? Did you did you remember the XFL when the Battlehawks did that reverse? God, um, for the first oh, yeah. it was the oh yeah the first yeah. kickoff return of the XFL. I, I, I watched that on repeat almost weekly. It, it passed the uh, the gold standard of um, of uh, football fakes, which is if the like the the cameraman's like, well, what the well, where's the ball? I don't know. That means it was a good fake. All right, I moved on to the to the defensive side. Uh, Brian Mills, man, cornerback. Uh, I love the size, 6'1", 184. I mean, five ten, five eleven. You know, anywhere from like 170 to 190 is about about what you're getting. Six one is a good tall wide receiver or uh, cornerback. Um, went all over the place. Uh, transferred to College of the Canyons, which was a pretty good is a pretty good uh, uh, JUCO uh, school for developing football players. Uh, finished at North Car- uh, North Carolina Central. Um, let's see. Once He's again, an extremely physical DB. Yeah, and that's what I like. That is what I like, and I also like that he has like, as soon as he's gotten dropped off of a uh, off of a NFL roster, like he's immediately picked up by another team. He went from the Seahawks to the Saints to the Browns in one season, and then spent the entire season with the uh, or most of the season with uh, the Vikings. Even elevated to uh, the game's active roster in Week 18 this year. Um, I'm not sure if he got any actual snaps, but I also I want to leave him with this. On the NFL Draft Prospect website, they have his strengths and my favorite strength of all time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not afraid to lock up and get into it. He don't chicken fight, man. He don't there's nothing chicken about his his hand fighting on the edge. He does like kung fu and shit. Yeah. I so, like this. To guy. me, he's kinda like he's one of these guys who's just a immediate like he's as a DB, he's a physical specimen. He's a physical. He just um he, he just needs to clean up his mental a little bit. Hey man. Which these these leagues are perfect for these guys. It it can be done. It can be done. It's for for a lot of them, it just takes getting a little bit of success, you know. Yep. My next guy, I think I'm going to stick on defense as well. I'm going to go the D tackle right and go Willie Yarbaby. Okay. Okay. He was I a big old me. boy too, wasn't he? He was a big old boy. If I can find his information on here, where you at? There it is. Yep. Big old Willie Arbaby. I'm seeing just pictures of the guy. He played at Wake Forest, which sometimes you wouldn't think is extremely impressive. But that means in practice, you're going up against a generally pretty darn good offense. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, is Yarbaby right? Is that right? Do we? Yep. He's 6'2", 285. Wow. Big boy. That's I knew he was big, 6'2", 285, you know, not like a 300-pound plug. I like – But when you're that short, the size, is it's there. I think it's – is it the five technique where you're like a nose guard, but you're lined up kind of slanted off of the nose guard, and so you're pretty much like right in that gap between nose, car, nose guard and that's, – that's the five technique, I believe. And yes. he, that's – he's a perfect size to play the five technique. Um, who is it? Um I know Darius Phylon did a really has done a really good job coming out of Arkansas, and um, 
oh hell he was with the i might it might even be darius phylon but he was with the uh he was with uh, um the uh patriots for a long time really well running that that five technique as a defensive tackle I am I am a little bit worried about his size against some of these offensive uh linemen and whatnot, just because I feel that's I feel like that's the one thing that really puts him at a big disadvantage is he's not very big. He's not tall. He's jacked and like he's good for his size. It's the height that kills me. It's I mean, he's a gap shooter, is what it looks like. Is he he's more of a gap shooter than than like a beat up double team so someone else can get there. Like that makes him a rush, you know a rushing D tackle to me. And I, I like anybody who can rush from that position. I respect that. Yeah. All right. I'm taking you to where the teams are. Oh, so special. That's right. Special teams. I, I'm going to quote this headline. Uh, so you can kind of suss out where this is headed. Jim Notre Dame footballer. F U T B O L E R footballer drafted by USFL. That's right. We are talking about what is his name? Ah, I had it. Oh, um, Brandon Aubrey. Yes. Brandon Aubrey, who did not play a snap of football at Notre Dame, so he wasn't a Gold Domer. I guess he wore like golden shorts because he played for their soccer team. Uh, I guess he's been on the practice squad for the uh, Raiders for a little bit, but uh, even maybe signed with the the MLS for a bit. He's coming to kick the foosball. Coming to yeah, kick so the foosball. His career was Notre Dame soccer. Then Toronto Football Club. Mm-hmm. Then he was on their second team on loan. And then the Bethlehem Steel, which I believe is an MLS team. I guess, yeah, like one of their, their lower, lower leagues. How would you like to do That's like playing for the Chiefs in Slapshot, I think, playing for the Bethlehem Steel. Like if you're in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, playing minor league soccer. Uh, yeah, they're Philadelphia Union, too. So they're minor league soccer in Philly. Yeah. So uh, it makes sense that he'd want to make the jump uh, to a to a different league. So now he is kicking that oblong pig bladder filled with air, which is hard to kick, man. I grew up playing soccer. It's hard as fuck to kick a football. Um, but yeah, man, I like this. I like this for the mystery. I also like it because he kind of reminds me of the kicker from the replacements who is wiry. Looking at pictures, he ex- he reminds me of much uh, so much of that guy. I, if he walks out. Of that tunnel with a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. I'm going to love this man. I will have a back tattoo of him, quite honestly. <laughs> I've only got one more player on my list to watch out for, and that's the running back, Tony Brooks James. So I've missed those rounds. Where is he from? He So he uh, he went to – he's from Gainesville, like high school, but he went to Oregon. And okay. I'm just flatly going to tell you, a running back from Oregon, I'm generally going to like. Even though it's the more recent Oregon, it's not the the high-flying Chip Kelly Oregon. But the guy's been kind of everywhere. Chip Kelly. Falcons, Bucks, and Steelers, and Vikings all within the same year. And then, yeah. and then Falcons, Steelers, and now he's with the Stallions. He was yeah. on the Steelers practice squad all of last year. Seems to be... 5'9", 190, so he's not quite undersized, but he's not a big guy, which it kind of makes sense as to why he's maybe kind of floated around a little bit, hasn't had as many cracks. I don't know. Uh, where do you see him fitting in on in this in this offense? Because it seems like a pretty beefy offensive line. Do you think he's like a like a catch passes out of the backfield, which would make That's, sense for like Oregon? I was thinking I was thinking a pass catching back, maybe get him involved with this kind of offensive line, maybe get him involved in some screen games, and then 
if you kind of if you're doing some short scat passes to the running back, that might open up the field for your downfield passes with your fucking guy, Mamesa Bailey. And you know what? Uh triple threat in college. I'm looking, I'm seeing here. I 18 rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns, and one kick return. Versatility, versatility, versatility. So Jim, you're seeing you're see you see the stallions. We've pointed out the stallions that we like. I got two questions for you. Uh, one is going to be how much that semen is. Um, hmm. I think the most expensive semen on this list, honestly, it's probably Scooby, right? Give me a dollar amount. How much are you paying for that jizz? Oh, Scooby, right? I think I'm paying. I'll pay eight grand. For how much? That's a lot of semen. That's a lot of you might be you might be dehydrated when it's time to play football, Jim. Um, right here. How about that? I don't know. Oof. Hope that <laughs> takes many runs. Um. So the second second question is just based off of what you're seeing. What, what do I you, don't. To be fair, to be fair, I don't know how much semen goes for. I don't know the running rate of. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, I I'll I'm into horse racing. I know all about the going price of jizz. Um. So what do you? What can you predict about what the Birmingham Stallions are going to look like? What do you think they're going to do? I'm waiting. I'm really waiting to see an offensive coordinator to kind of see what kind of offense they're going to try and run. If I am them, if I am the Stallions, I try and run with these beefy offensive linemen here. I try and really help out your defense who has a little bit of size issues along the defensive line. Help them out. Run the ball a bunch. I think you have some good guys at running back. I think you have guys that you could do that. And then you have speedsters that could take the top off, open mm-hmm. it up for some play action. Kind of kind of what we see with the Titans a little bit. O'Shea Dugas is going to be a, a good fit for maybe a more kind of like stretch zone from the shotgun kind of running game because that's what he did under Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Um, that's that's all they did was run crazy shit where they were pulling and people were sweeping and everything. So he's got the good experience. He's got good experience for it. Uh, if they're, you know, if they're wanting to make, uh, they're going to make uh, Tony Brooks James a weapon out of the backfield. I could, I could see it that way that it's more of like a, like a RPO with some like kind of more creative run schemes. I would like that. And I would also love the stallions to get these receivers who we see that are very versatile involved in the run game somehow, kind of yeah. like what you see with the Rondale Moore to Purdue or what you assume a LaVisca Chenault should be doing with the Jacksonville Jaguars or how Sean McVay used uh, Robert Woods pretty much yes. always. Um, yeah. So on the defensive side, like D tackle, it feels like they're a little bit undersized. So it's almost seems like they're, they're hedging their bets that everyone else is going to be tr- going to be passing a lot, which I, I can see other than Jeff Fisher, which I will never, never see him doing that. Um, and I, I think, uh, so I think that when they run into a team that can like maybe try to run it up the middle, like that, that they might have trouble with that. Like he's a good detackle, de-tack- but he's not like like a Vince Wilfort kind of guy that's just going to be big and clog lanes. Um, but you have Scooby, right? Like they're not going to hurt that that bad. He's a, he's a hole filler and a hard hitter. I think I would I would expect a decent amount of blitzing. Uh, some really interesting middle linebacker blitz packages. Three four. From- yeah, I, I would go three four if I was the Stallions. A little, a little three three five. I can see that. Yeah. Again, we're we're still kind of waiting to see who these guys hire as offensive and defensive coordinators to figure out like what kind. No, of No, we're not. Have. We are figuring this all out. But tonight. I, I am saying what I would do. 
as, as someone who has never coached a game of football, this is what I would do. Listen, special teams, I don't know what to tell you, but this kid, Brandon Aubrey, he's got an arm. I think I, a, a lot of fakes, a lot of deep passes out of Brandon Aubrey. I love the wild card. I love the fact that he's really never played any meaningful football. He's going to come out and Doug Flutie drop kick one and just blow our fucking minds. I, I'm kind of hoping for that. We I think that's are. the Stallions. I think that's, that a, that's a wrap on the Stallions. I actually came away from this more impressed than I thought I'd be with their draft. Yeah, it started off kind of, kind of, man, felt kind of nepotism-y uh, with, with him taking, you know, like former, former players with a lot of tech and everything. It seemed like he leaned into it, but so I, I'm actually second blush. I, I might bump them up. I'm scared of who I'm going to bump down. It will never be the, I, the breakers. You'll have to do that. I never, I, I think a running theme we're going to see when we're evaluating these guys is we're going to love guys who have been consistently on either practice squads for the NFL or teams that have been like consistently playing that this isn't their really like their first stop at a professional setting. Yeah. Or guys with SEC experience. So I do want to point out that I think I think Skip Holtz is the only coach that actually did draft a kicker and a punter instead of passing uh, and doing a compensatory pick. But he didn't draft a long snapper. Yeah, I think I think some other teams drafted one or the other. We found the critical weakness. It's the long snap. Yeah, it's the long snapper. It's all going to it's hey, man, what brought down. The Green Bay Packers. What brought down Michigan? What's going to bring down America? The lack of long snappers that we're producing. We need more long snappers. I think Europe's creating too many long snappers. I am. I am happy with how the Birmingham Stallions look. Good for them. Good for you, Stallions. I think that wraps up this show pretty nicely. Got a little bow on it. I mean, we figured out uh, one how much that semen is, um, which. You requested a lot. That was a big order. Uh, and two, uh, It's going to be a bulk order. I, I I like to bulk order things. I'm a big Costco fan. Yeah. Yeah. Put a, put a rush on that. We're going to need the, uh, you know, also let me, let me get the, let me get the uh, value pack of uh, paper towels uh, while we're at it. And the Canadian <laughs> whiskey. Spillage. <laughs> Kirkland brand whiskey. Gotta love it. Um, Yeah, man. But I, I, I like it. I like this. I like we're doing this for every team. You should come back and watch us again. This is the last time we're going to speculate on semen price because no one else is horse themed. It's true. That's very true. Thank you everyone for watching this episode of Spring Fever. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out over at betterthan.vegas. Mm-hmm. We both are we both are dropping hella picks over there. I just California yeah. you guys. And uh, thank you. Thank you for watching. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a subscription. This has been Spring Fever and we fucking out of here. Love the show, but mostly... Love us. Love us.